Hey all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host, and today we have a special guest, Mr. Michael Delaporta from the Grill Great Company. We're going to discuss everything about grill grates and Michael's career. I'll be back in one minute. Smoking, grilling, getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. Welcome back all to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I'm Darren, I'm your host, and today I've got a special guest, Michael Delaporta from the Grill Great Company. Thanks for joining me, Michael. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you are from and what you do. Well, you guys already know my name, um, Michael from Grill Great, and uh, I've been with this company for almost 10 years now, and I'm pretty proud to say that's the longest I've had a job, and I'm pretty happy that that's the job that I've had the longest. Um, from New York originally, didn't know a darn thing about barbecue. I mean, grilling was basically burning stuff. Uh, ended up out in Colorado for a while. Um, I'm a professionally trained chef, so I worked in resort towns. And then uh, family brought me to Georgia, where I became completely entrenched in the whole barbecue and grilling world and got myself a job working for a company that sells a grilling accessory. And they kind of like give us all kinds of stuff to play with. And so I get to test stuff out and I do a lot of stuff, but I'm their webmaster mainly. And I do a lot of customer service, but more of the high level type of stuff. And, um, you know, basically a lot of IT stuff too, unfortunately, but it's because I can do it. So I wear a lot of hats there. Yeah, that's great. Um, whereabouts in New York are you from? Because I'm originally from upstate New York between Rochester and Syracuse. Yeah, you're a little further north. I'm from around the Poughkeepsie area, the Hudson Valley. Gotcha. Yeah. So I always tell people I was a 45-minute train ride to Manhattan. Gotcha. Yeah, upstate New York's about the same. We burned a lot of stuff, too. There was a, a lot of uh, – about the only thing we had, is, it's called a Cornell Chicken. And the, the fire departments and stuff around there every summer – would have like fundraisers where that's uh, it's like a marinated chicken that's and it's got it's similar to an Alabama uh, white sauce mm-hmm. marinade. You know, it's got without the horseradish, it's apple cider vinegar and an egg and uh, you know garlic and some other seasonings, and they marinate it you know for a while and then they throw it on a charcoal grill and cook it up. That's about the only thing we had as far as barbecue <laughs> for me growing that up. That almost sounds a little Greek to me. Those flavors you were talking about. Do you have any Latin yeah. in it, maybe? Um, no. And it, it, it's got poultry seasoning in it. And it was actually that particular marinade was, uh, put together by a professor at Cornell university. That's why it's called Cornell chicken. Mm-hmm. And he, he did it cause he was working with the American poultry association to think of ways to cook chicken. This was back, I guess, in the fifties you know, <laughs> to, uh, you know, Instead of you know what they could do with the chickens that were done laying eggs, they could sell the chickens, and they you know, he he was in charge of like making different uh, marinades and stuff to you know so they could cook the chicken up and sell it, I guess, and that's where it came from. Some big if you ever just look up Cornell chicken, I think even Amazing Ribs has a story about it on there, and that where, where it came from. It. I will I absolutely, and uh, that's when I when I heard of uh, you know Alabama white. Uh, barbecue sauce. I, the first thing that came to my mind is, well, that's just a hybrid of Cornell chicken because it's got about three quarters of the ingredients of, of Cornell chicken. And you just they just added a couple things to it. So. I, I really thought you were going to say it was some kind of uh, chicken that was cooked in Corningware, 
because no. that, that was right where my mind went. And you were like, that's what they were known for, Corning Chicken. They must have had that <laughs> that's Cornell, like Cornell University. But it's, so. but it's the same area of New York. Yeah, Corning is kind of south, but Cornell, it's a different spelling. It's Sure. Even, yeah, but uh, Corning is down more towards the south part of uh, upstate New York. All right, so let's talk about the Grill Greats company. They've been around a while now, mm-hmm. and uh, they offer, you know, I, I can remember looking at them years ago, and it looks like they've done nothing but expand their product line, who they do business with, and all that. So give me a good rundown of the Grill Greats. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the product line goes um, and, you know, the direction we're heading, it's definitely something that is it's two-pronged. You know, we've got Brad, the owner who has got all kinds of crazy zany ideas. And then you've got me who has a lot of real world experience as far as, you know, cooking and what's practical and what's going to work. And I, as soon as I took on this job, I realized that, you know, it, it was a great product, but there was a lot that needed to be kind of improved upon or figured out. And, you know, one of the first things I realized with, you know, cleaning these things is not easy. And so I was, you know, basically tasked with figure it out, Michael, how do you clean these things and got in touch with a company up in Plattsburgh, New York. Here we're talking about New York again, and we still buy these uh, brushes from them, but they designed a dual headed bristle free brush for us. And after a bunch of prototypes back and forth with me, we came upon it. It's our number one selling item right now. We kill it with that thing. But there's a lot of other things, too, that, you know, other accessories um, we've recently redeveloped, uh, we have a professional end of the business as well. And we recently redeveloped the professional panels. And let me tell you something, these things are beasts. They are like almost twice the mass. There's more holes in them. The, the rails are tighter together. So you get more of the Maillard reaction and the grill mark. And it, there's just, it, it's, it's fun to work for a company when you can bring ideas to the table and they're listened to. And then when you see them come into fruition. And so that's been pretty much my experience, you know, like sear stations for pellet grills. That's just a marketing ploy. You know, it's the same as it's just three grill grate panels and a tool. But we market it towards these pellet grill owners, which is a humongously fast growing part of our industry. And it sells like hotcakes. So. Yeah, I, I have a Camp Chef uh, pellet grill with a sear box, and actually, I just used it tonight. That's what I cooked for dinner was a tri-tip nice. that I cooked sous vide, and I, I threw it out on there on the sear box because I didn't want to have to fire up. Uh, <laughs> didn't want to have to fire up anything. I just you know sous vide it and I tossed it on the sear box. But yep. um, about a year ago, I started getting requests for that product, and it was totally a custom type thing, and the fit was sloppy. And so I gave it a little bit of thought and I went to the boss and I was like, listen, this is a a very inexpensive add-on to a lot of pellet grills. It comes standard with some pellet grills. And this is a no-brainer. We need to make this an actual production type item instead of custom making it. Now it's something that we actually manufacture. We're not just chopping panels and making it work. And it's, um, it's so gratifying to see how like I had the idea. I gave it to the table. We put it to fruition. And now all of a sudden we've sold like a thousand of them in about a year. I mean, that's not a well, thing, you know, it's still I, pretty cool. And I don't see them mentioned that much on the, I'm in the camp chef Facebook groups and I don't see them mentioned that much. I, I'm going to go ahead and mention them in there, you know, at least once a week because, you know, with those Facebook groups, I, I run a big one for, for my 
brand, the fire and water cooking brand. I have a big, you know, that's almost 7,000 members now. I started it a year ago, but, um, you know, you got new members coming and going all the time. And, you know, those are always good, you know, sources for people because they're, they're looking for stuff. They're looking for information and tips and tricks and things that they can use when they're a little bit of a recommendation. I mean, it's a done deal. They're going to absolutely go out and buy it. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I started my whole thing is because, you know, I was in other Facebook groups for other things. And I'm like, you know what, I really like doing the sous vide and barbecue stuff. And I, I'm going to go ahead and start my own, you know, group and just start focusing on that. That kind of grew from there. Started with the Facebook group. I got the YouTube channel going, then the Facebook page. And then, you know, I do some Instagram, but not a ton. But then the, the, the podcast, because... There's people talking about some CV. There's a lot of barbecue podcasts, yeah. but there's not a lot of people talking about both of them together. So, and, no, it's a pretty unique little uh, niche you found for yourself. I and know. it's and it's really growing. I got people involved. I got Harry Sue was on a couple of weeks ago. Like I said, the, the CEO Crowd Cow. I got a Meathead Goldwyn's going to be on in a couple of weeks. So but yeah, you've got some big name players. That's great. I mean, these are all you know pinnacles of our industry. So that's that's wonderful. Good for you. That makes me happy. Well, and it's catching on and I like helping people and I like, you know, just like, you know, even though, you know, you're working for a company, you're helping people by getting rid of these crappy cast iron, you know, (laughs) grill grates that rust and, you know, it don't work really well. You know, that's one of the things that, that you know, I never, I had a cast iron grill grate for my Kamado Joe and I just got sick of trying to keep it, you know, from rusting and re-seasoning it every time I used it and, it was a pain in the ass that, you know, it was it weighed 30 pounds and I had to pick it up. And yeah. <laughs> so the grow grates are lightweight. Yep. They're not going to rust. They're going to last a long time. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, it's funny. I've got a set of grates that I inherited from Brad that are from, I think it was year two of the business. And at, it's for a Weber kettle and our normal Weber kettle set. If you look, you've got that whole pattern and it goes all the way throughout the entire set. But this one predated that to where he had brought it into the first initial run and he didn't feel that the center panel needed those holes going all the way across. And so it's 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 almost like I've got like a a one of a kind product because there's probably not too many more of those out there. My point being, though, is that I use it. I used it last night, you know, and they last. And there's there's no denying that with proper care and maintenance that you've got something that's going to you're going to get your money's worth out of it. There is no denying that. Right. You're not chasing, you know, the rust, you know, issue and and all that. I mean, that's that's just one. Yeah. yeah, Cast iron, you can clean them up, but it takes it's such a pain in the ass to clean the rust off and then try to keep it from rusting again and reseasoning and stuff. It's just really keep it keep it in a skillet indoors. I I mean, that's that's where my mind cast iron has its place. Yeah, exactly. I love my cast iron pans. I use them all the time, but they're but, but put put them on a grill because the excess heat of a grill when you're searing is what does it. You know, and it's and it's just the moist moisture and the humidity and everything. You know, I live in Florida, so the humidity here is crazy. So, oh gosh, yes, yeah. I mean, people go to the grills down there almost once a year. So you know, looking at the website, they they have a. a just a, any, a panel for just about any kind of grill you can think of. It looks like they got all kinds Pretty of. Good. I mean, some of these smaller travel grills that have odd shapes, it's kind of like, well, you know, we can give you a little bit of a rectangular section you can throw on there. But 
for the most part, most of these grills out there, we're doing really, really well with making sure that they've got good coverage. And, um, you know, we've got sets that are designed specifically for certain grills. And most of those are Weber grills just because that is, you know, just the biggest part of the market. And so it makes sense for us to market to that. Um, but we're always, you know, looking for different things and, you know, we're introducing a new size. It actually is going to be here tomorrow and it makes a whole lot of work for me. So, um, yeah, another new product. So what's the science behind the grill grates? What actually started him, uh, putting these things together? Well, I mean, the, the science behind it is, you know, okay, first and foremost, it's made from aluminum. Aluminum is one of the most conductive metals out there. You know, the only thing that's going to be a little more conductive is copper or gold. Not very practical and not something, you, you know, you, you're just not going to make a cooking product. I mean, copper, yes, but limited, limited run kind of stuff. But anyways, aluminum, much more cost effective for us. Um, very efficient at conducting heat. Obviously, it does not rust. Um, and the whole design behind the grill grates, whereas it's such a different, different style, you know, most grill surfaces you've got, you know, they're either rods or bars and in between the bars or, you know, what an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch or, 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 you know, there's nothing, there's not much there. We've got this raised rail design that is bringing the food up, but it's got the plate below it. That's emitting the heat infrared style up into the meat while the meat is sitting there on these superheated rails because the heat is conducted up to the rail to the very top you get these temperatures that are just so much more extreme than any other place you would see on any other grill um the one of the things that we've really tried to you know talk up is the fact that regardless of the heat source with grill grates i don't care if you're on a stovetop in your house over a charcoal grill over a campfire a gas grill a pellet grill does not matter. If you do a side-to-side taste test, besides maybe the pellet grill, you know, I mean, something that's not going to impart a bunch of smoke, you're not going to be able to discern the difference between what the heat source was because the fat and the moisture is where your flavor comes from with grilling generally, generally, and smoke leads into that. But the fat and the moisture hits these superheated valleys between the rails and it vaporizes right there below the food and comes right back up into the food as opposed to going down and becoming, you know, a fire starter, essentially. I mean, some of it vaporizes down there, but it generally is problematic. Um, the other thing that we we're, we solve is the fact that we virtually eliminate flare-ups because if you do get a flare-up from below or even on the top, it's going to kind of dance around and extinguish itself. It's never going to sit there and just sustain and just burn. Like, so you can load a grill up with chicken thighs, a charcoal grill and walk away and you're not going to come back and have a bonfire. Yeah. One of the things I, I made some steaks the other day on, on the, the set for my Kamado Joe. And um, I was kind of surprised that the Maillard reaction outside yes. of the grill grates right. themselves, you know, the grill marks yes. is actually there. Because most of, most of the time when you cook on a uh, cast iron uh, grate like that, or even just a stainless steel grate with grill marks, you know, the Maillard reaction happens where the grill mark is, but right, not where the grill marks awesome. aren't. But on the, on the grill grates, it seemed to carry through, even though the grill marks were more, right. uh, you know, pronounced than the rest of it, there was still a Maillard reaction Around one of where the, the things that we've kind of were. been throwing around a lot lately is that we want to stop calling them grill marks and we want to call them flavor bars 
because that's what they are. Because if you do it properly and you cook a steak at the proper temperature or a chicken piece of chicken at the proper temperature to where those marks are not crusty, dark, dark black, but they're a nice, you know, good golden, almost to the black point, you're going to, what it does between those rails, it, you, you've got the combination of, of, you know, the best of both worlds because you get a little bit of crunch and then you get all that yummy caramelized, caramelized Maillard reaction flavor and it adds texture. You know, if you just sear a steak, you know, at, at a relatively high heat and get that all over, you know, golden, dark brown, that's going to have a little bit of texture. But where the rails hit the meat, it adds, you know, a, a more of a crunch, if you will. And it's a it's a different it's a different experience. I mean, it, it's something that you just can't get on a regular grilling surface. Well, and the other thing I like about it is if you don't care for grill marks and you just want to. You, you can flip them over and you got the, you got the flat surface. So, yeah. You know, so that's, that's one of the things that's you got for either one, you know, I know that um, we're, we're going to walk right into this because you guys are really big in the SCA, the, the state, you know, competition, you know, and uh, I know most of the people that are pretty much enter those, they got grill grates, you know, they got a lot of PK grills, but they're also you know, pretty much, even if they're not on a PK grill or using a Weber or something else, they got grill grates. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, we, you know, we're obviously very proud of it. Um, but me personally, it kind of makes me kind of feel like that I, I almost wouldn't mind seeing some other sort of innovation that might kind of give them a little bit of a run for the money. You know what I mean? It's like, I know what the product does. These guys know what the product does, but they're all just like, okay, if I'm cooking SCA, I have to have grill grates. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Buy my grill grates all day long, but I would love to see somebody figure out something else, something different that is going to, you know, not always, but occasionally knock some of these guys off and, and do something different. I'm, I think that somebody's going to figure it out sooner or later. It's, it, it just, we can't just have grill grates winning SCA events forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, it gets kind of boring after a while, I guess. That's, I mean, and, and again, I'll sell you my grill grates all day long, but I would love to see some kind of innovation just to make it fun. Right. You know? Well, and I've, I've seen, you know, the how competitions have – yeah, I talked to Harry Sue, who's you know been in competitions for you know won plenty of them. You just using her Weber Smoky Mountain, you know, <laughs> you know nothing fancy. And uh, you know his favorite part of the competitions is the mystery meat and stuff where it's not just you know pork or ribs or uh, brisket, you know, because those things just get kind of hung up. And you know, if you watch you know you watch any of these shows and you see what they do to the meat just to because they're just cooking for that one bite. They're not cooking for what they would feed their family. And none of those guys actually feed their family the stuff that they're throwing out there. <laughs> and it's funny because even if I cook barbecue at home, it's like everybody I make it for loves it, but it's like I'll have like, you know, two or three ribs. I'll have a little pulled pork, but I just it's I, I would rather it was more toned down and I should almost cater to my taste buds. But all these people that I have always cooked for now, they're expecting this like competition style stuff. So I'm kind of a, more of a meat and potatoes guy lately. But um, and I'm sure it's kind of harder with steak. You can't, you know, put agave and honey and five different kinds of sugars and <laughs> injections and this and that. So. I've never been to a steak competition, but I just, I've, I've watched a few, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that and known some people. There are, there are a lot of fun. I mean, it's much more obtainable for the everyman, everyday guy, every, you know, because it's like, you, it's a one day thing. 
It doesn't cost you that much. It's, you know, they provide the steak for you. You just basically got to show up with a cooker and, you know, cook, cook the best steak you possibly could. And I mean, there's these guys all the time, first timers winning first place. So that, that in itself is pretty darn cool and fun because that makes more people be like, Hey, maybe I've got a chance, you know? Yeah. So let's talk and go back and talk about these, the pro um, grill grates that you were talking about, the commercial ones. Um, it looks like you got a couple different variations. Are these, are they made of the same material as the regular grill grates or are they just? No, no same, same hard anodized aluminum. It's just the, the new pro version has got, you know, like I was saying, almost twice the mass. So it, it's going to, you know, last longer. Um, the problem we found in the commercial environment with these guys who are running their charbroilers from, you know, 10 a.m. till 10 p.m., all that sustained heat, you know, aluminum just doesn't appreciate it, you know. And so we figured that if we beefed it up, we just gave it much more structure, if you will. We brought those rails in tighter, that it was going to last longer. It's not going to last forever. I mean, that's, you know, that is, it is what it is. I mean, even cast iron grates in the commercial environment do not last forever. Um, but so far we've gotten a lot of really good, um, feedback. And one of the interesting things is we've also got that griddle grate commercial griddle grate. And there's a lot of guys out there that have just have a griddle and a stove and they're like, wow, I can add grilled food to my menu now. You know, I can do this, but just simply by placing, you know, this on top of my flat top, I can, I now have a grill. And then there's other folks that are like just literally putting it on their stove and turning the burner on and they're just making a grill that way. They're throwing them in the oven on a sheet pan, you know, cranking that oven up to 600 degrees and then they can just throw chicken breasts or whatever on there and actually get a beautifully seared, you know, nice grill marks, very appealing to the consumer eye. Um, they're finding lots of fun uses for them. And now that's one of the things that just came to my mind is because I just got one of the flat top griddles from uh, Camp Chef. And that that griddle one that you the, the pro one that you just talked about would go great on one of those, especially since that has a you know you could take the griddle off and you know it's got the big gas stove, so you could put those panels right on that thing. I don't know the exact measurements of it, but it, it probably would fit. So we've got the six burner. Do you have? Do you actually have one of those grills? I have a four burner. You got the four burner. Yeah, we've got the six. And yeah, I mean, that I, I, and the, the shame is it doesn't have a lid. Um, and there's very rarely a reason for me to fire up a grill that big when we're doing stuff. You know, we kind of like to feature multiple grills when we're doing videos mm -hmm. um, and, or even just photo shoots. But it's pretty rare that, like, that we, you know, we, ha we have an event grill that we travel with, and that thing is, you know, almost twice the size. And that's very photogenic. But the Camp Shep. We just, I wish that we had more of a reason to feature it and do stuff with it because it's a great grill. I mean, but it's probably had like three cooks on it in two years. Yeah. But such as that we've, we, it, that's one of the best parts about working for Grill Great, I will say, if I may interject, is that we get given stuff all the time and I get to play with stuff all the time. And so I've literally got at my warehouse right now probably 15 different cookers. And then at my house here, I've got four or five. Brad's got, I think, seven. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just so much fun. I mean, all these different things and just testing them, too. And, exactly. And how they react and just having the luxury of just, I was given all these pellets, let me burn them and let's see what happens to this grill if I do this. Let's see if we do this. Or, 
Yeah, that's another thing we were we were talking about this offline. Um, that uh, grill grates. You guys work with a with a bunch mm-hmm. of other companies, you know, like CrowdCow and uh, uh, and the SCA and a few others that you guys you know kind of co you know work with. You kind of sell each other stuff, and uh, I think that's great. And that's kind of what I've been I've been doing myself. I like to promote you know products that I uh, um, you know love and that I you know am. am uh, excited about and you know show people how to use them I mean that's why I partnered with Camp Chef I partnered with Kamado Joe and Factmaster because they're you know awesome products that I you know I have no problem you know promoting and they're just great and showing people how to use it you know yeah I mean it, it it it's it's wonderful to spread like the the, the gospel if you will of like these certain different things that come down the line you know like duck fat spray I mean, it's got to be probably almost three years ago. And he, Dennis was just getting started and there was a, a Facebook post of his. And I just was like, what is this? I need this in my world. And he sent us a case and we started doing a couple of promotions. And then the SCA found out about it. He's now like in Walmart and oh, yeah. Academy Sports. And I mean, I can't say that he can completely attribute that to us. But I think that we definitely helped kind of push him into the spotlight because he had a product he didn't really know how to market and then all of a sudden we were like no this is your market grilling barbecue these guys like fat you know and yeah i i hooked up with dennis probably about two months after i started this whole project and uh he sent me a case and i helped promote it on my channel i got some videos using it and i love the stuff but you know i don't, I don't use it as much my wife doesn't really like it she's not big into that you know really unctuous stuff she's more of a her, her favorite meat is actually uh you know top round because she's not big into fat you know she's just i don't know she, she, she was she was brought up without having a palate so <laughs> but I, but i love duck i love that duck fat spray as well but yeah i got a i got hooked up with uh, dennis you know pretty much when i first started and he was like yeah man promote it go ahead yeah, and, it, and it's fun because we'll bring these products into grill great and start selling them and it you know it, they come to us from the warehouse and they're like we've got to order you you know how did we sell this much already you know because people see it they hear about it they see it on social media they stumble upon it it's duck fat spray you know so those are the kind of things that like i enjoy personally like finding and taking to the masses um, we, there's the, one of the latest things we came out, we did not come out with, but that we are now on board with is this product for pellet grills called the heat wave. And it's, have you heard of smoking brothers pellet grills? Uh, no, I have not. They're, um, uh, uh, Missouri, same, same town that, um, old hickory pits are made out of. Um, they've been in business for about 11 years and it's a, it's a very high quality pellet grill, um, double wall insulated. Um, a very cool controller. It doesn't have the Wi-Fi, but you know I, that's not really a deal breaker for me. But the, their controller is very intelligent and different than any other pellet grill I've messed with. Um, but they my they came out with a product called the Heat Wave, and basically what it is is two pieces of basically think about like a C, but with hard edges, um, and they you you put it under the the grilling surface in the front, like the, the grate that came with the grill, 
you put one of them there, like you lift up the grate and you put it there and then you lift up the back grate and you put the other one there. And that's where a lot of heat is exhausting in a pellet grill is from the sides, the sides and the, you know, the end of the drip pan, basically. Um, and generally speaking, going right up out that smokestack. And so by taking this simple little product and putting it on the grill in position to where it's going to be close to the smokestack, these people that own these Traegers that only have like a 450 high end on their, on their controller, they're able to get like 600 degrees, 650 degrees. And so this is, you know, one of our new little things that we've brought in and we've kind of, you know, we're really trying to, it's, it's helping these guys who already have a pellet grill. They, they need something else to, you know, sear so they get grill grades. So then you can find something that's going to make your sear even better. And here's that product. And it's, it's just fun to watch these innovative people in this industry do stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I'm hooked up with, you know, come out of Joe and they, they bought a company a couple of years back called Desora and they're out of uh, Boston and they're actually, it's a bunch of uh, kids that were in engineering school at Harvard. Oh yes. Their cyclonic cooking system. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, slow roller, uh, and that's, they, they designed that for like their, class and then the the professor says you know what we could probably sell this to somebody and they started the company and you know since then you know they, they have that now in the Kamado Joe uh, classic three line they uh, they come standard and then uh, they also uh, you know they work on the uh, temp controller that Kamado Joe has the I command but uh, you know they work on that kind of stuff so I mean it's yeah they it, that sounds similar with that the wave thing you're talking about is is that it it re redirects the the smoke and the heat back down to the food where it needs to be because that's another thing with pellet grills people always say oh it doesn't get as much smoke as a you know stick burger or a a kamado because and but uh it's like you said a lot of it's lost out the out the stack or out the uh, and you've got innovative people who come up with these little products like this amazing tube smoker where you can have supplemental smoke to whatever you don't even need a cooker put it in a filing cabinet and you can smoke some cheese you know that's the that's the thing that's cool you know it's 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 innovation and there's a lot of it going on in this industry right now and when we go to these trade shows like the hearth patio and backyard you get to see all these people who are just so green and brand new and they don't even know how to sell or what to do but you can walk around and you can be like you've got something man that's interesting that's new that's innovative and there's a lot of it going on all right. Great. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break here so I can have my sponsor, Inkbird, run an ad. And then we'll be right back with Michael from Grill Great Company. Hey, all. I want to welcome again Inkbird as our sponsor for the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Inkbird has more than just barbecue thermometers and instant read thermometers that I've talked about before. Inkbird just came out with a Wi Fi sous vide circulator that I've been using for a few weeks now that works pretty good has over 1,000 watts of power, has an app that has many times and temps for meats and vegetables, also has onboard times and temps for meats and vegetables, runs really quiet, fits most regular sous vide containers that are the size of the Innovas. So check it out. So check out the Inkbird Wi-Fi sous vide circulator in the description below. Back to our program. All right, we're back with Michael, and all right, let's start talking, and let's go back into the grill marks again, you know, because I, I was kind of surprised. I'd never used grill grates until I got a set, you know, from you guys, uh, 
last week and um i had always seen them and i was just like you know i don't know it, it looks like a great thing but i don't know if i want to spend the money on them blah 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 i was kind of shocked when i first used them like i was telling you earlier that the Maillard reaction that i got even though i used the grow great side i was just expecting the Maillard to be where the grow grates are because you know you if you listen or, or watch or read any of the amazing ribs you know meathead tells you, you know grill marks are just aesthetic you know they, the 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 taste is in the Maillard reaction so you don't really want grill marks you know that was kind of the way i i thought of it but when i when i used them and i figured out you know what the grill grates do is also helps that sear where the grill grate marks aren't <laughs> you know I, I was kind of impressed with that yeah, it, so it, it's you know like i was saying you got the grill the, the flavor bars and then you've got them the maillard reaction so it's a, so let's let's talk about grill marks because that's what you know we were talking about the sca and it seems like that's how they kind of judge you know the sca you know the stakes mm-hmm. and the scas and all that so what's your opinion of grill marks you know normally i mean it's it's um for the eyes it truly is for the eyes. For me, if I'm cooking a steak, if it's any, you know, if it's a three quarter inch steak or bigger, and if I'm cooking it and I throw it on the rails of a grill grate, it's because I'm being lazy. You know what I'm saying? I would almost any day of the week reverse sear that thing, bring, you know, get it up slowly in the pellet cooker, crank it up, and then I would flip the grill grates over and go for an all over sear. So, you know, it, it, it it's, like I'm saying, it's the best of both worlds. It, you know, as far as the SCA goes and these grill marks, it's probably because the judges have almost been trained to look for the grill marks. So if somebody turns in a steak cooked in a cast iron skillet or even on the back of grill grates, they're not used to seeing that. And so you, it's somebody that's why I'm like hoping for some innovation in the SCA. I want something else to come along, whether it's a combination of searing in a skillet or searing on the back of the grill grates and then put your on your rails you know and get your beautiful sear marks um you know but certain things yes i mean i think that they definitely have their place certain things no i'm perfectly fine with that all over my reaction yeah the sca it sounds to me like it's if you're in a regular barbecue competition and you instead of using some kind of green uh end dive in the box you put like flowers in there it would throw them off so right. <laughs> yeah they wouldn't know what to think man and they, and they just rate your barbecue just on that alone because you know that's, yeah, that's what the appearance that we're used to <laughs> exactly we're, we have influenced that appearance score so much that you know that's where it's like you know i don't i hate to say it but it's like an, an unfair advantage if they've got the grill grates they've got a leg up on the competition who doesn't have the grill rates cool all right so let's move along and talk about what's your favorite kind of grills and smokers you said you had a lot at home you got a few at the office and and yeah i mean that's pretty easy man a charcoal grill i love a kettle you know i've got two of them 22 inch i love both of them the best uh kettle accessory on the market another company that's very good and people should know about um, slow and sear adrenaline barbecue. Um, the slow and sear is uh, basically a, a chamber that you insert into the grill where you can put your coals and then it's also got a water reservoir. And so it's, you know, really good for super hot searing. But the other side is that, you know, you've got three quarters of your grill that's completely indirect. So it makes for a wonderful um, way to use your, you know, kettle as a smoker. Um, next down the line, and it's, you know, new to my world, 
is a pellet grill. I mean, I, I actually had a pellet grill for a while and I used it and it was cantankerous and it didn't do much. And then I was given one that is just absolutely become my best friend and uh, Rectech. I'll just go ahead and say that, man. I've, I've got a stampede and that thing is just flawless. I mean, it literally, you set that thing to 225, you know, granted it's the summer, but it is fluctuates like one degree. Once it hits temp, it it is so spot on and so just precise and just, it works. It, it There's not been a hiccup and it goes up to 600 degrees. And so not many pellet grills get that hot. So 600 degrees with a set of grill grates, that thing is screaming hot. Um, besides that, uh, we've got, I mean, okay, yeah, our, my, our, our classic Weber Genesis Silver B. That's the one that's got your knobs on the side and the burners go left to right. I cook on that thing a lot at work and I, I enjoy it. It's a great grill. It's almost 20 years old and it just performs like it was just bought yesterday. <laughs> so that pretty much hit on the, all three of them. I don't do too much, um, you know, serious barbecue with offset smokers. I do have one, but I, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't used it in almost two years. Gotcha. Yeah, I have, you know, a couple Kamados. I have a pellet grill, just got the flat top. And um, yeah, I like the Kamados just because I can do just about anything I want on it. It's charcoal. I can do, um, you know, two zone cooking. I can do rotisserie. I can do just about anything. I can bake bread. I can, I can. Kamado does have the leg up on the market the fact that you can do two zone because that is where egg has fallen flat, you know, and they just, it, it may, that's so many people own eggs and so many people burn their food, yeah. you know? But uh, I love the, I love the pellet grill. I got the Camp Chef um, Smoke Pro and I love that thing mm-hmm. for convenience. You know, when I get home from work late and I just want to throw something on, it, you know, it's plugged in. So you just turn it on just like you would your oven, you know, wait for it to get up to temp, throw your food on and you're done. <clears throat> you know, it's it's got some limitations. You know, it does have the sear box, so I use that as my my gas grill when I need it. You know, but that thing gets up to nine hundred degrees. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, does, it's. Does that grill have the, a Wi-Fi or is it um, just standard? No, I, I'm not big on Wi-Fi. I have a I have a, a controller for my Kamado, the iCommand that's Wi-Fi, but I hardly ever use the Wi-Fi. I don't. Let you know, I have I have sous vide units that are Wi-Fi, and I hardly ever use the Wi-Fi. So I literally live like less than ten minutes away from where I work, and so I can put a big piece of meat on my pellet smoker and monitor my cook from you know five miles away. Should something happen, I can get in the vehicle, go home, and fix it. But to have that peace of mind to be like I'm at work, I don't have to, I don't I don't have to worry. I know exactly what my grill is doing right now. That it's kind of cool, man. I'm not gonna lie; it's kind of cool. You don't have to be that tethered to your grill all the time. And I have that with the I Command, which is it's a it's just like the um, you know Fireboard or you know there's sure. several other companies. But they, yeah, some of the you know some of the cool thing about the pellet grills it's built into the grill. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know the I Command, I can hook it up to either one of my Kamados and do that. Or, and yeah, you got more versatility. So there's convenience with it. And like I said, there's big, you know, the sous vide controllers are the same way. You know, a lot of them are just, you know, standard. And then, then some of you got Bluetooth that are only Bluetooth. Then you got some that are Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And, um, you know, I find that 
that's not the most important feature to me. It's cool. Like, like you said, when you want to run to the store or, you know, you got to go do something for an hour and you want to make sure your food doesn't burn up. It's, it's good for yeah. that. But, uh, and, uh, and that's gets back to the innovation that we were talking about earlier in the barbecue. I, I was talking to, uh, you know, I had Clint Cantwell from amazing ribs on a few weeks back. And that's one of the topics that we touched on, you know, in the years that we've been doing this, I've been, cooking since I was probably 16 years old and I'm 54 now. So, you know, just cooking that long and then being watching the barbecue stuff. And just in the last 10 years, the innovation that's coming to the grills and accessories and, and all that's just amazing. I just, so. It tickles me to, to, to know that people are getting more and more interested in, in cooking for themselves and cooking outdoors and, producing food that makes them be like, I don't need to go to Ruth Chris anymore for a steak. I can do it just as good right here. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and another good thing is that they're, they're looking at it as more than just burgers and hot dogs and ribs and, and brisket, yeah. you know, they're, they're bringing, you know, paella and all kinds of sure. stuff out to the grill. I so. mean, yeah, absolutely. The, the possibilities are endless. I mean, you can bake, you can, rye i mean there, there there's just so many different things on basically any grill out there and again it's the getting outside thing you know and not not that i don't like to support businesses especially local businesses but i love to support you know family and people staying home and cooking together i think that's important right. in my mind exactly so what's your favorite thing to cook on the grill or smokers or what have you I mean, it, there's, without a doubt, it's going to be steak. I mean, it's probably going to be a ribeye right behind that, a nice thick New York strip um, sliced on the bias. Um, you know, smoking uh, brisket. I love smoking brisket. Um, as far as fish goes, I don't know, man. I like all fish. Uh, salmon, scallops. Those are probably the top two. Now, we were talking about the SCA. Have you actually competed in the SCA yourself with your steaks? Yeah, I have. I have. I've never won. I've gotten it. The best I did was the third. And that was actually for a celebrity steak cook-off, which featured, you know, the likes of Malcolm Reed and Mark Lambert and, you know, not just everyday guys. You know, I was up in it with these folks. So I was pretty stoked to get the third. Um, but I've cooked, you know, numerous times. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. The one we did in the Bahamas, I got an eighth. Um, I did one in Chicago. I got 13th and it's, I, I honestly don't, I, just because I work for the company, I think it would be, it could ruffle a feather or two. Like if I was winning, you know what I mean? Sure. I would love to get a win, but at the end of the day, I'm happy to have just cooked a steak and had a good time. So let's kind of, we're going to start winding this down, but I want to kind of talk about um, what grill grates has got going on in the future. You mentioned a couple things that, um, uh, you have going, they have going on, but what are they looking to expand into different products or? Well, I mean, we, the, the commercial market, I think is really where we're trying to put our head. We've been going to the restaurant show in Chicago for five years. Um, I love Chicago, man, but I'll tell you what, this year was like a eureka moment with this new product and how we kind of displayed it and how people got it we have never had the reaction at the restaurant show that we had this past year and so i think that's really we're going to be concentrating our efforts is you know getting into the commercial market um as far as the residential market um i believe we're re 
evaluating reworking this one product that is intended for use in your oven. Um, the new size, we've got a new size coming in that is actually going to be 17 inches. Um, the reason being that there's a ton of charbroil grills out there that are 17 inches deep. And then there's quite a few others. There's some kitchen aids and, you know, it made, it made sense for us because we were just cutting so many of them and just, let's just go ahead and introduce the new size. Um, I believe we've got some new tongs in the work. I mean, that takes a little bit of time. Oh, and we're redesigning our, our Great Valley brush. It's actually, it, right now it's two heads um, that are side by side that go down into the valleys. The new one is going to have a head that is sitting the other direction. I'm not, I can't find the right word. So you've got two going front to back and then you've got one going side to side in the front. And so when you are cleaning the valleys with these two heads, the other one is hitting the tops of the rails at the same time. Um, and again, American made product, American made innovation. They totally came up with this on their own and they were like, what do you think of this concept? So it, 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 that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're working a lot on content these days at Grill Rate. We're doing a lot of recipes. We've revamped our blog. We're trying to like give people stuff to work with and information and um, not just sell, 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 sell. You know, we want to be a, a company that people can identify with. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. I've watched the, uh, I've watched the YouTube channel. I'm subscribed. I get, I get every time you and uh, uh, what's your, the owner's name again? Yeah, yeah, Brad, Brad, that's right. Yep. You guys sit there talking. You had your chicken one that came out today. I mean, that, that chicken looked awesome. It reminded me of the Cornell chicken because you, you had it yeah. marinating. But uh, uh, he's so easy to. I mean, he, I've been working with him for so long, and it's just it's so easy for him to just he and I to just sit there and banter. And being that we're both from the Northeast, you know, you've got that connection too. So um, yeah, it's 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 a good gig, man. I'll tell you what, I'm I'm very I'm. I'm I'm blessed to have had this job this long and to still look forward to going to work every single day and to still get to do crazy stuff and try out new products and people giving me grills and it's, it's fun. Yeah. You guys are in Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, right? We're just North of Atlanta. Yeah. We're between Atlanta and Chattanooga. Um, just far away from Atlanta that where we're still a small town. So I, five miles to work, literally less than 10 minutes. It's, it's beautiful. Thing. For some reason, Atlanta seems to be the Mecca or, um, you know, the barbecue capital of the Southeast because you got big green eggs headquartered there. Uh, Kamado Joe's headquartered there. Uh, you, you guys are there. <laughs> Red Tech out in Augusta. Uh -huh. Yeah. I mean, a lot of grill Charbroil is in. Um, right. Charbroil. Charbroil uh -huh. is Augusta. Rec Tech is, uh, what is the other? Um, no, Charbroil is Columbus. Rec Tech's Augusta. Right. But yeah, a lot of grill manufacturers down here. And I mean, it definitely, um, I don't have the reason why. I mean, I, it's, it's I, maybe because warehouse space is cheap. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, one of my, my favorite uh, grill stores is Atlanta Grill Company. I was up there in December for yeah. their grand opening. So their seasoning selection is just mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, I dropped $300 there so fast on just on seasoning. Yeah, they're great. Uh, the white Gary White, uh, one of the owners, and uh, he's uh, really good. They get involved in the Kamado Joe forums and stuff a lot. And uh, I was up there. I got to meet him. I got to meet Bobby Brennan, the CEO of Kamado Joe, and all that. So, um, bunch yeah, of good guys. Yeah. Have you met Meathead yet? I have not met Meathead in person. I've talked to Meathead a few times. I've went back and forth on in emails. 
were both in the International Sous Vide Association, and uh, they just had the summit. Uh, you need to um, a couple look weeks up ago. Uh, Paul Sidoriak. He works for Meathead, and he's into sous vide. He would be a great guest. Well, I had Clint Cantwell on uh, okay. last month, yeah. and he he does all the, the sous vide recipes for Meathead. So he was a mm. you know so yeah he works for Meathead too, and we had a good uh, podcast. You might want to go back and listen to that one. To, but that was yeah. we had a good uh, good. Uh, conversation about a lot of stuff and barbecue competitions and all kinds of stuff. But he, uh, he wrote most of the sous vide barbecue recipes on amazing ribs for meathead, but yeah, meathead's putting together this big 40 page PDF about sous vide barbecue. And he's going to re- release it on the, on our podcast here. So he comes oh, on, cool. but uh, yeah, he's a great guy. I get involved in his, uh, he does his Facebook lives on the last, Thursday of the month, and I get in there with them a lot. So, <laughs> hey, hey, let me ask you only one question. That's fine. I have two sous vide cookers. Which one do you have, and what's your favorite? And then I'll tell you mine. I have several. <laughs> I figured two. And you, if if this is not a comfortable question to answer, we can answer this. Um, I've had several, and I, the one thing I, you know, I, I got to say, I've had a gourmet I started with that worked really good. It's twelve hundred watts, which is plenty when you're doing big barbecue meats like I do, um, and it it worked. You know, it didn't wasn't fancy. Uh, didn't have Wi-Fi or anything, but I turned the thing on. It would run for, you know, however long I had it running. and never had a problem with it. Right now I have an Anova Pro, which I was given from Anova, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that thing works great. It doesn't have the app function yet. They're supposed to be releasing a new app in this month, and it's going to have the app function. Uh, but um, I've had a couple other different units. I just got a Inkbird, came out with one about uh, five or six months ago that works really well. I've been putting that through its paces and that does have Wi-Fi, and it's a thousand right. watts. So um, I try to stay away from the really cheap ones because they're normally, you know, they're just knockoffs and they don't, they're not made really well. And um, right. they, they usually don't hold the right temp. They're usually like within a, you know, off by more than one or two degrees. They don't circulate right. So they got to have a good circulator and they got to have the, the keep the temperature within at least a half a degree for me to right. keep it. So what we've do you got, got? We've got the Renova and we've got a uh, jewel. And yeah, I, both of those are great. The, the jewel, I, I just never had one. And the only reason I never had one is because you can only use it with your, uh, with app. your phone. Yeah. yeah. We thought that was do. And, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. And, you know, it's one of the better ones. It is one of the most expensive ones. But um, as far as there's a lot of good ones out there, but there's also a lot of bad ones. There's Amazon is flooded with cheap Chinese junk. And I'd get people, I'd get companies that send them to me all the time to test them out. And I throw them in the garbage because they're just not good. But um, there's a couple of good ones. Yeah. It's, it's funny years and years and years ago when I first was like still in culinary school, that was when sous vide came on the radar and they had these industrial machines. And I've been thinking about like, I really wonder what those ones were. Like we had a huge vacuum sealer. It was the size of like your dinner table and you could partition it off. Right. And, and then they had like a commercial stainless steel sous vide machine. I don't know how else to explain it. And it had a dial on it. And I recall that, but it was like, so far yeah, off the radar back then. That was what French people did. It was not really an American thing back in 92. 
Yeah, you still have those. PolyScience makes those, and so do you know. VacMaster has a couple. I actually just got one from VacMaster. VacMaster didn't build. That may have been the vacuum sealer. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was enormous, and it was so. Versatile. Yeah, they make so many different sizes of stuff now. I mean, that's you know, VacMaster has you know the smaller you know uh, channel vacuums, and then they got the big. Uh, chamber ones and you know the sous vide is the same i just you know they make a sous vide that's five hundred dollars but it's a it's a professional one that you can sit there and let it uh, that's what the innova pro is it's aimed at the commercial space where you know restaurants where you can sit there and they, they say you can actually let the their innova pro run for a year straight without shutting it off and it'll it'll run you know so i mean that's the kind of stuff you know yeah it's a lot more expensive than buying something on Amazon for, you know, 80 to 150 bucks, but it's just like anything, you know, if you're using it every single day or you're, you're a catering company or, you know, a restaurant, you, you don't want to buy You can't use a regular Anova. It'll just won't last. You'll be, you'll be buying a new one every couple months. So, <laughs> but, uh, all right then. Well, anything else you guys, you want to talk about what's going on with grill grates or? Well, um, I mean, I don't know, man. As far as grill grates goes, um, we've had a great summer. We're doing really well with our um, social media stuff. We've got a really crack crew in place right now. We're definitely um, got a lot of very important pieces in place. So um, just hoping that everything clicks and works and that, you know, this time next year, the numbers are, you know, even better than we've had this year. Um, but what, what is your favorite cooker? What do you, I mean, is it the Kamado? I think that's kind of. Yeah, I love the Kamado, Joe. If I only had to, if I, if I could only have one grill or smoker, it would be a Kamado. It would, uh, because I can just do so much on it. And once you figure out how to use them, you know, that's like, you know, people say being at green egg, it's the same thing. You can do so much on it once you, um, you know, figure it out. You know, it's not something you could just turn on and throw something. It's not a gas grill, it's not a pellet grill. Mm-hmm. But once you figure that thing out, you can do anything on it. I can I can cook anything on it. I can sear it, you know, nine hundred degrees. I can smoke low and slow. I can smoke hot and fast. I can bake bread. I can make chili on it. I can do all kinds of stuff on it. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I used an egg for about three or four years, and um, it ended up cracking, and we got rid of it. And I haven't really gone back, but I would, if I was to go back, I think I would want to have a bigger one. That was my biggest complaint was that the, the large egg was just not very big. And if you want, to- yeah, I got a big, I got a big one, and I've got a Kamado Joe Classic too, and then I got a Big Joe. So the Big Joe is the the bigger one, like the extra sure. large uh, green egg. But go talk, go talk to Gary White at Atlanta Grill Company, man. He might hook you up, you know, with uh, a special deal because you guys sell grill grates yeah, there. We do, we sure do. <laughs> He's the flagship store for uh, Kamado Joe. So. He, he's got it in tight with Bobby. Call Bobby. Bobby will send you one. He'll send you. I'm surprised you guys don't have one at the we've office. Got a, we've got a large, and it's sitting under the boss's deck, and we use it occasionally. But we don't have an XL. Oh. So. No, call Bobby and tell him to send you a Big Joe 3, because that, that's the thing with the, uh, with the uh, slow roller in it, the hyperbolic right. insert. Hyperbolic. That's so ingenious. Yeah. That thing is amazing. People are using it, and uh, it's uh, it's 
it's doing a do it's I, have, I don't have one so i can't really say but the people are using it saying it's just awesome so i would definitely love to see a litmus test of something with it and something without it and just how the cook is different i've got to believe i'm going to have the ceo of del sora uh, desora on in, in a couple of weeks and we're going to discuss a lot of that stuff how they started too because can you imagine being in a college class and then you know writing a paper designing something and then going to market with it and starting a company right away sure. <laughs> it's crazy you need to get back. all right, Michael. You need to real quick. You need to get the guys from SCA on as well. And if you need any help getting in touch with them, I can help you. But they would make a great okay. podcast for you. Well, hey, that's a question. Do you you since you know so much about SCA? Do they, do they allow uh, the use of sous vides in SCA? They used to not, and if I'm don't quote me a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure at this point they have allowed it. Yes. Oh. Because they don't in the regular barbecue world, so like the KCBS doesn't and all that. And, um, you know, I, I'll, they allow, you know, I know because I've been to quite a few barbecue comps where I've seen guys doing stuff with, with like their whatever, a, a Wagyu burger or something like that. And they were using the Innova. So, um, yeah, but that that's not for like the regular, the pro right, stuff. Right. Like I said, like brisket and stuff like that. It would be like in the uh, family or the, uh, mystery mm-hmm. meat because I know that Harry Sue used his uh, in a, for a mystery meat uh, competition, which is you know like the fun stuff. It's not the you know fifteen thousand dollar check ones. You know, yeah, <laughs> so. I did I did exotic at Memphis in May a couple of years ago. It was a blast. I had yeah. so much fun. All right, well, it was great talking to you, Michael. Thanks for uh, filling us in on the Grill Great Company, and it was great talking about you personally. And hope to have you guys on again. Maybe we'll get Brad on too. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, he would be great to have on too. So thanks for having but, me. Uh, well, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Make sure uh, you guys listening check out grillgreat.com. That's the Grill Great Company. And uh, check out their YouTube channel. They have a YouTube channel and social media, Facebook page, and all that. But check them out, Grill Greats. Michael, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks again for joining us on the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. Thanks again to Michael DeLaPorta from Grill Great Company. Make sure you check out their products below in the description. Make sure you check out Inkbird, our sponsor. Also, make sure you join us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on our YouTube channel as well. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And I will talk to you on the next podcast.